There's Nailing on My Toilet, issue number three, coming to Kickstarter, September 2022. What's up, Sam? What's going on in the House of Crazy tonight? I'll tell you what's going on. We're talking to J.D. Calderon about the Oswald Chronicles on Kickstarter. So, let's get it. Show for independence all around, giving you a platform to spread your word all over town. Cast the craze is the place to promote to your fans with the dream of Medina and Sam the Crazy Man. Subscribe to our show and never miss an episode. It's time to get your mans, listen to us on the go. Updated every week, we never miss a day. Join the squad, come on in. It's time to cast the craze. If you are an independent, cast the craze. Making moves on your own, cast the craze. On your grind in the streets, cast the craze. Join the movement, catch the craze! Yeah, George, we did it again. Come on now, now you want to do it. Catch the craze. Welcome to Catch the Crazy Podcast. I'm your host with the most Sam the Crazy Man Vera. And I am with me, myself, and I. Say what? Me, myself, and I. One time now. Me, myself, and I. Let's do this. Me, myself, and I. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Sam the Crazy Man Vera. And we are here live from the studio where the magic happens. This is where it, all, all things duty happens. Anyway, so tonight. You know, I'm flying this ship dolo because George is, what is on the Orient Express? I don't know. He's traveling the Riviera. He's sipping on some vino. You know, he's living the life. And we're out here grinding in the heat, grinding on my life, grinding on my life. So, uh, yeah, the heat in Texas is uh, extra. It's on a whole nother level. I don't, it, you know, the heat today got me, gave me a migraine. It knocked me out. I was like, yo, I'm going to take a nap nap. I don't know if it's like ageism. Or what? But this heat went poof, hit me. So uh, tonight, yes, we're going to be talking to J.D. Calderon. J.D. Calderon. He should just move in. I mean, the guy's been on this show more than I have. And I'm the host. What's up with that? I don't get it, bro. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, his Kickstarter for uh, the Oswald Chronicles. Currently 12 days to go. 75 backers. $1,976. He is $24 away from making gold. But you know, JD and his history. He has 36 campaigns that he's launched since he's you know been doing crowdfunding. Um, so he's always um, been consistent. Uh, 12 days ain't nothing for him. I think the last campaign did almost 5,000. He's got campaign we love. That's also a big help. That's a big push. Gives him extra notoriety, some recognition on the platform. So that's that's a good thing. That's a good look. But enough about that. We're going to be talking to him soon. He'll be joining us in a few minutes. But um, what's been going on in the House of Brew? The House of Craze. The House of Brew, right? The Morning Brew, the Crazy Crew. The House of Craze. So interesting. Interesting point. <clears throat> for a minute, for at least a year, we've become like the Kickstarter haven, right? Everybody last minute, can I promote my Kickstarter? Can I promote my... And we were doing four shows, four live Kickstarters a week, four different guests. We had five guests a week, but we're doing four different guests just on Kickstarters. And we had pre-recorded shows that were non-Kickstarter related on Fridays. The moment we said, you have to book 45 days in advance if you want a Kickstarter, it's going to be pre-recorded. Um, stopped. Like, ah! So it seems like there's a, there's a thing out there where everyone waits last minute. So... Where we were like overbooked, and it was all Kickstarters. And you know, we want to support everybody, but we we're not a Kickstarter show. We're an indie creator show. We want to talk to creators about the creative process, about the art, about the influence, the inspiration. You know, what makes you tick? What motivates you? What drives you? And uh, so we just didn't want to be just a promotional platform. Um, and uh, so the moment that happened, the bookings just went down significantly, huge, right? Um, so people, so I get hit up all the time. Hey, I love to get on to promote my Kickstarter. And I send them the, the information, uh, you know, to Calendly and it says 45 days in advance, pre-recorded. They don't book, right? Because they wait last minute. They realize, oh man, I'm two weeks into the campaign. I need to get funded. Oh, they talk, they see, you know, catch the craze. Let me hit them up. Right. Um, 
we're, we're just not going to uh, um, change our schedules anymore. Um, we're pre-recorded. We promote you. We'll get you on. We, I just had an interview last week with a guest that's his campaign launches in August. So at the end of July, right before his campaign launches, boom, we air that episode. So now he has, an, a, you know, some promotion that's going to get some word out for him. So, um, and we have a few others that same way. They're in the pipeline. Their campaigns are launching in August, September, um, and it'll air. So um, we got nothing but love for you, Indies, but, you know, it was just too much. Uh, doing five interviews a week was just too much, and it was um, but. So if you're an independent creator, you're, you're an animator, web designer, uh, cosplayer, illustrator, editor, inker, colorist, uh, author, uh, musician. We want to talk to you about your process. So hit us up on Cast the Craze. Uh, you know, we want to just really get into your history, your story, your life, um, and your journey. That's what we're all about. So that's what that is. So what have, what have I been doing? So we're at 78% of the surveys for Disney Alien in my toilet have been filled. Uh, 78%. So thank you so much for all you people who have responded to the surveys. I have to be at 100%. For me to send out, I'm going to, I'm going to send everything out together in one email blast. I don't want to have to send multiple emails. So please check your survey, check your emails. Please fill out that survey. Uh, it's good. Uh, it's critical. Um, so uh, this is one week since the campaign's ended. Next week, I should get the funds. The books will go off to the printers next week. And, um, and then it's a two-week turnaround. So August, you should be getting it. And we're launching the next Kickstarter for issue number three in september and that's going to be the kickstarter thumbnail that's what you'll see on kickstarter that's the thumbnail You're like wait you know duty was a samurai in issue two he's a cowboy in issue three who are those banditos and why are they dogs all these questions you got so many questions you have to pick up the book so i did put out a survey to everybody out there and i want to say thank you thank you thank you thank you um so the question was would you prefer issue three in september or the collected edition i just do the first five issues in one big graphic novel and 90% of the responses were issue three. So I was surprised by that, but excited as well. So I'm going to keep putting out the serials back to back consecutively. Uh, so issue three is going to be awesome. I'm telling you right now, issue three is going to be awesome. I've been working really hard on it, um, redoing a lot of things. It's going to be very different from issue three 10 years ago. I'm telling you right now. So that's going to be fire. So you got to check that out. <clears throat> uh, so it's going to be dope. And there's a, there's a special bonus that you'll find out more about as we move forward, um, uh, as we get closer. So what I'm going to do is the landing page will go live the day I receive the books from the printers and I start packing everything. So that's when the landing page for issue three will go live. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to start you know, promoting it until I know I have everything in my hands and I'm packing it and shipping it out to you. Um, and then I'll just kick it up. And uh, so news alert, I was going to do an Indiegogo for Disney in my toilet issue one and two catch up. I decided to nix it. I just don't know how to delete the, the, the <laughs> I don't know how to delete it because it was approved for me to launch. Um, I have the, the landing page, but uh, I want to delete it. So I got to figure out how to delete it. I decided not to do it. Um, I was just, it's just too much work. So anybody um, out there, I'm sticking to Kickstarter right now. Um, and uh, that's going to be the mean mode of uh, transportation right now. It's going to be just specifically Kickstarter. So just letting everybody know about that. Um, I want to say thank you in the past. I think the last month we had 15 new subscribers to the channel. So I want to say thank you to all the new subscribers. I'd love to shout you out by name, but a lot of you have keeping have kept your accounts private. So I don't know who you are, but whoever you are, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you for growing with us. If you're watching this on Twitch, on Facebook, on YouTube, and you haven't subscribed already, please do so. Because when we grow, the independent community grows, and uh, that's why we do this we, this platform. We want to broaden our reach so that way uh, the creators, when they come on this show, they know they're in good hands, and they know that they're getting they're getting promotion. They're just not going onto a platform and nothing's happening. There's no eyes on it. We're really, really working hard to grow this channel so that way we get more eyes on it. Um, and if you're listening to us on other streaming platforms like our Heart Radio, Pandora, Spotify, um, head over to YouTube, subscribe. It only takes a second. Um, doesn't cost a thing. Just subscribe and that'll, that'll be awesome. We appreciate your support. Uh, and if you're watching this episode, 
give us a thumbs up, leave a comment in the chat, if, a, a question for the guests. I know sometimes the guests don't know, but when there's a question in there, we'll hit them up and say, hey, check out the YouTube channel. There's a question about this episode. Um, maybe it'd be good if you responded. Uh, so that'd be good. Um, <clears throat> so the Crazy Intentionalist will be back next week. Uh, I, I put that on hiatus for, for two weeks because I was working on uh, coloring a lot of pages and I was doing live drawing streams uh, for There's Nailing on My Toilet. And if you haven't done so already, check out. There's about 32 episodes already of the drawing streams uh, for There's Nailing on My Toilet. And uh, I'd love for you to check it out. Join me when I'm drawing. It's usually around noon, New York Eastern Standard Time. Um, I didn't go on it today because I was at the groomers to get my dog's uh, one of my dogs haircut. He won't let me cut his hair. The other two I cut myself, but he won't let me. He's, he acts up. So um, we were at the groomers today and it was just blistering hot. And uh, so I had to do what I had to do. And I pulled into Chick-fil-A, got me a couple of spicy sandwiches and uh, some non-sweet and iced tea. And I was good to go. But that heat, <clears throat> we, were, we were, was in the yard for a little bit, doing some yard work. And that heat just roasted me. And you would think that I'd be all right with it, but that was that this heat out here is on another level. Anyway, so with that said, <clears throat> I see that uh, we have our boy in the rating room. So we're going to cut to a commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to bring in the guy that's been sleeping out my back in, uh, in the yard. And he's been looking in the window. He's like, yo, am I coming on the show? Yo, am I coming on the show? This guy's been on the show. Again, like I said, J.D. Calderon has been more on Catch the Craze, more than George has. And have you noticed? Every time JD comes on, George is not here. I don't know, something's up with that. I don't know, something's up with that. I'm just saying. But anyway, uh, with that said, if you haven't subscribed, I'm going to let the previous guests tell you why you should subscribe to Cast the Craze. We'll be back with JD Calderon. It's Monty Moore. I'm a 30-year comics veteran in comics, games, and movies, and you've been watching one of my absolute favorite podcasts, Catch the Craze. You are watching Catch the Craze. What am I listening to? And you're listening to Catch the Craze. Where are all the indies at? A Catch the Craze podcast. What are you watching? I'm watching Catch the Craze. What are you going to do? Subscribe now to Catch the Craze, the number one show online for independent. Have you subscribed to? You are an independent. Catch the craze. Making moves on your own. Catch the craze. On your grind in the streets. Catch the craze. Join the movement. Catch the craze. All right, so let's go. Let's, let's bring him in. Sancocho. What's, What's up? up, sir? How What's, are you? What's going down, James Brown? Tu sabe, tu sabe, lo mismo. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That, was that was the pinup that's below the green one? Was that there the last time we spoke? I don't remember. I did swap it out. Just oh now. yeah, <laughs> see, I, I've been peeping, right? <laughs> I, did, I did change. I did change that one. I just, yeah. I was like, know, wait, I think every now and again I gotta like you know. Yeah, yeah. You caught my attention. I was like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So what's up? It's been, it's been like a day since we spoke last time. So uh, what's happened since last week? <laughs> um, you know, Kickstarter. Yeah, I know, man. Jeez. You guys, like, I, I, I don't think I ever look at Kickstarter and you guys are not on it. <laughs> I swear. Well, you know, it's, yeah. it's maybe one or two days, but that's about maybe it. Maybe one or two days. I know. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, you got you got two sample. You got Tall Tales right now? Well, that's Daphne's. Yeah, she Daphne's got Tall Tales. But didn't you guys collaborate on Tall Tales? Of course. That's our yeah, book. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's your book. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you have this one, and um, you are 50%, a about 50% of what you did the last one. So right. you're you're on, I think, with the project we love, that should help, you know, project you towards mm -hmm. that number. Um, 75 backers. I think the last one you had 133, I think, or 36. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So... For just anybody who's just peeping this for the first time, and like, yo, this guy's talking about JD Calderon. I never even heard about Cast the Craze. I just happened to find you somewhere. <laughs> who are you and what do you do? Oh, who am I? Wow. <laughs> who am I? Okay. Long time independent comic book publisher, uh, JD Calderon. Um, I have been self publishing since 1992. I am currently active on Kickstarter, YouTube. 
uh, Facebook, Twitter, DeviantArt, all those different places on the JD Carlos. If you want to look me up, also the OswaldChronicles.com, and we also have TallTalesOnline.com. So those are those are our uh, titles. And uh, like I said, I've been self-publishing for, since '92. I mean, you know, we started off with Golden Rama Limited, which is uh, you know a self-published company, had a whole bunch of titles, a whole bunch of people. Um, you know, did some professional work in the '90s. I found that um, although I like the work, I don't like pitching. So uh, I, I moved away from that, uh, and I just kept self-publishing. And here we are with the Oswald Chronicles, currently on Kickstarter. Uh, you know, <laughs> the Oswald Chronicles, think of uh, what if the greatest sorcerer of our time was reborn in the body of a mouse, and what does he to do with himself? So. Nice. Interesting. You, you said 1992. 1992 mm-hmm. was good, and there was a lot of good things about that year and a lot of bad things for me that year. Um, but that was the year when I first released my first single when I was doing music. Um, nice. That was the year um, that uh, my wife, my mom got to see it on video. Uh, she didn't get to actually go because she was sick. And um, um, I graduated high school. Um, she didn't get to go to my graduation because she was sick, but she got to see it on video. Um, but it was also the year I lost her as well. So that's why it was like the, Sorry, it was like, the, it was like, you know, and my friend got, um, unfortunately he was uh, affected by a drive-by but um but he survived but you know it was it was one of those roller coaster of a year but uh so it's funny i wasn't even into com i wasn't even making my own comic yet in 1992 yet that was that's interesting but um yeah so oswald that's how i i met you through david keeler's and i noticed that the wolf is back in the game and he's getting ready to do a horror con and he's been posting every day and all these new images horror images so good for you wolf if you're out there watching you know i love to see your artwork out there um but that's how I met you through David Keeles, and we went you, um, and that was back at the Big Apple Comic Con, and you were a printing. You were one of our printers. Um, yep. You provided services for us, um, and that's when I read your read your prose for the Oswald Chronicles. Mm. Yes, and so give us give us a little um, brief overview of the history of Oswald, why it started as a prose, and why did it eventually evolve into a comic book? Was that always your intention? Okay, no. None of it, none of it was ever intended. It just happened. Seriously, it just, you know, you know, me losing my mind. But uh, basically what it was in the, uh, wow, between 94, 95, 96, I was working professionally. I was, uh, I was doing some, some adult comics. So watch out for <laughs> the adult comics. Uh, I wrote some of those. I your face somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, it was fun stuff. Look, I had a choice. I had a choice. The, the choice was simple. I either go flip a burger, uh, right? Or I got to write adult comics. I was like, I'm writing the comics. <laughs> <laughs> right? But that also led into another book called Tenchi Muyu. Tenchi Muyu was an anime that was kind of a, a big deal in the 90s. And uh, we did six issues of that. We did some other stuff. And then, uh, you know, coming, but during that period, I was living off of this work, right? And what would happen was I had gaps of time where I wasn't, um, I, I would write the scripts very quick. So if they assigned me, uh, like, let's say one of the projects I worked on was 10 issues I had to write. My artist was banging away on it. I would write it. And I probably wrote those 10 issues in two months, you know? So I still had, I had income coming in, right? But I still had a lot of time, you know, until my artist caught up. So I was like, all right, so what am I going to do? So I started writing the Oswald Chronicles, right? It was uh, it was this whole thing with uh, Daphne and I. I've said this story before. You know, we're walking from the uh, east side of Manhattan to the west side of Manhattan, and we saw some flowers. They were chewed up, and I was like, oh, that would make a fantastic story about a little fairy and, you know, and, and being mad of a tr- at a troll for eating her flowers or whatever. And Daphne said that shit was ridiculous and stupid. <laughs> and I was like, you know, the gauntlet was thrown, you know? So I was like, no, it's not. That'd make a great story. So I wrote it, and that was the first Oswald Chronicles, the Park Avenue Mall War, right? So, and that was all pros, you know, because at the time I didn't have any artists to work with. I mean, we had the internet, but it was still a little weird. Like, like I didn't know where to hook up with artists just yet, right? And then a few years later, right, I was writing pros and I kept writing pros. We were going to San Diego at the time. And every year I produced a, a new book of short stories. And it was like a six-year period that I did this for. And every year I had a group of people that would always come on. There was this group of, uh, it, they ranged, but it was it was like, it was weird because a lot of uh, young girls from like 14 to like 19 or 20, and they'd always run by the table like, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? And they'd always, you know, pick up the new stuff. Right. And then we'd always pick up new fans, and I was always cool. And, uh, you know, then I discovered DeviantArt, 
right? Two things occurred. Discovered DVNR. I was on there for maybe a year or so. Uh, somebody dropped um, some cash in my lap. You know, I've told you this story. Like, you know, I just had a sum of money that I owed somebody. And they're like, ah, don't worry about it. So, you know, like most people, no, most normal people to go on vacation, buy a car, do something. Put away for their, for their uh, retirement fund. Nope. I said, I'm going to do a comic book. <laughs> right? So I hired a, a couple of artists. And it was Jade Gonzalez, my the artist that I'm still working with today. And I mean, damn, that was what, 2008 maybe. So you know, we we, we you know, it's incredible that she still puts up with me. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I've been working with her this entire time, and it's just been a you know, it's just like I did that, and then I had did some other stuff. I was I was uh, playing poker online for a while, and I took some of those earnings and I, <laughs> I paid her. And then uh, Kickstarter came around, and that changed the game for me, because uh, at the time, you know, the only thing there was was what uh, you can sell the retailers, or you can go to conventions. Right. right? Um, conventions are cool, but they could be a hassle. You know what it's like. You got to pack the car, you got to get everything together, and you got to, you know, get to the convention hall, rent the hotel. You know, depending where you're staying, at, rent the hotel, do all this stuff, right. and still try to make a profit. You know, because. You got gas, you got food, you got table costs, you know, hotels. You know, yeah. when we go, when we going out to San Diego, you remember, you you stayed with us what at least once, maybe twice, yeah. Yeah. right? And it was what like six of us, seven yeah. of us in the room, right? Yeah. I had to I had to sleep with the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, he got wandering hands. So you got to be careful. Yeah, yeah, no, that's why that's why I had my own thing wrapped around my body. It's like, oh, like a cocoon. <laughs> like, don't touch me. <laughs> but that's the thing is like you know it, just making you know the, those that whole situation is just very stressful and like you know it's it's tough to make a profit you know um so yeah so when kickstarter came around it was like this huge uh boom you know you, you just went out there you just put your stuff up you're like okay let's do this and you know it's just building up that crowd you know um and, and and that's 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 pretty much as far as that's going. Now, if you want, now do you what? That's the basic history, I guess, of me selling Oswald. Right. Now, you want to know the basic history of um, I don't know the the uh, the germination of the story. Yes. Before we do that, you said something about you know, you've been working with um, Gonzalez since two thousand eight. I believe I believe that's the year. Yeah. So. That first year to now, what has changed from your communication style with her for the first time when you were de developing it as a comic book and your editing process and the community? How, how much communication was it then versus now? Because I would assume that at this time you guys are like in sync. Right. Well, um, yeah, I mean, in, in the beginning, yeah, there was, there was probably a little bit more. She would send me layouts and stuff and. I would, you know, go through the layouts and correct them and be like, okay, move this, move this, whatever. Uh, but man, I haven't seen a layout from that woman in years. <laughs> She's like, I got this, leave me alone. Yeah, right? pretty much. Pretty much. It's just like, you know, the only time she sends me layouts for the covers. That's the only time she sends me layouts for the covers. She sent me two or three of those. So now the history of of character development, right? When we right. when we look at like Garfield or Mickey Mouse. Their first design looks nothing like the current design. Is that the case mm -hmm. with Oswald? A little bit. Like if I was, because it was funny as the, the first person, I don't know if it was either Daphne or Matthew, but it was one of them that did the first illustration. I don't remember who. Um, and yeah, it does look different, especially from the way Jay draws Oswald. And here's the thing, like when I hire new artists, I'm looking for those artists to draw in their styles. You know, I'm not looking for... Um, I'm not looking for them to just mimic what Jade is doing. Right. Or I wasn't looking for Jade to mimic what Matthew is doing. Right. Right. I want people to do it in their styles because I find that it's important because I like different styles. You know, some people are stuck. Like they don't <laughs> like um, it's the difference between, you know, you know, like just to throw out some names like Arthur Adams and Mike Mignola. If I can get each of them to draw the Oswald, Oswald, I would come on. It would be incredible just to see them that difference, just like having Sam Keith. Right. Right. Or Jim Lee. Right. Yeah. All these different styles. And I think it's it's really, really cool to see when you get it. But here's the funny thing about that is that when you um, not everybody can execute the character, you know, because you go to some of these people who are 
professionals in the business. You know, a guy in a tight suit, they could draw a day, a woman in a, in a nice, you know, bikini or whatever, they could draw a day, but you ask them to draw a cartoony mouse, they're like, what? You know, they start to lose their minds. They're like, you know, what are you talking about, an animal? This guy's tripping. Exactly. So, you know, so there's some people that can do it and do it excellently, and there's some people who, who just have a, a rougher time with it. But there's also a challenge with uh, independent artists, right? <clears throat> so I think what you said it, where um, they look at, they try to recreate that look rather than staying at that. We all have that, that syndrome where for a while we have the imposter syndrome where we're trying to look like somebody else. We're trying to fit in to a trend rather than just honing our own creative um, identity. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think that's, that's, that's also part of the problem is it comes with maturity and, and, and there's a, a, like some people just get it from jump. Like you, mm -hmm. See, if you go to Webtoons, you're going to see a lot of artists that are trying to, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bill Watterson, you know, Calvin oh, House, right? Yes. So many artists are trying to recreate his style or mimic his style instead of capturing and honing their own process. And, you know, so there's like a dime a dozen now where, you know, he created this look and it was just like everyone, and it was like a combination of like, Haggard the Horrible and Arn Garfield and you, you mold them together and you, he created this, his look. Um, yeah. With, yeah. A, with a little bit of illustration in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? With a little bit of a harder illustration look. Um, yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, the only thing is, what's funny is, is if they apply that style or that style creation to something different. Right. Pull away from like cartoony stuff, take that style and do a superhero comic. Because maybe that style will, will, it'll make you look a little different. Like Jake Parker. Yes, yes, yes. Jake Parker, you see, he has a diverse portfolio, and I mean, and he, it's just brilliant. You know, the, the way his mind thinks and the page layouts and the way he designs is just fantastic. You know, mm -hmm. um, he's actually running a Kickstarter right now. Um, uh, he's another one who has a, a Kickstarter every other week. Um, but uh, who's this? So, Mark says, I remember the 90s, some of the older artists tried to make their stuff look more like image. Yes, yes. Like I was, I was one of them. Um, I was trying to fit in. <laughs> and the thing is, it's like in most cases, it didn't work. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, yeah. you see some of the stuff, you're like, eh, it's not really that good. You know, I like. Uh, thank God, John Basima never got on that train. It's like I, when I look at John Basima, I want to see John Basima. You know, I don't want to see him aping a Jim Lee or, or a Rob Leefield. You know, right? I want to see John Basima, uh, John Byrne, the same thing. You know, although. I'll be honest with you, in the 90s, especially the uh, that early 90s period when Image was around, yeah. I, I appreciated Byrne less. Although, uh, <laughs> it, it's true. It's just like, it's like it felt like he did, went from the X-Men to Fantastic Four, he did Alpha Flight, Hulk for a little while, and then he went on to Superman, right? Did great, great stuff on Superman. Uh, then he moved over, he did Wonder Woman for a while, and I didn't really care for that. And I think he started doing the new gods at some point. I didn't really care for that. And then he moved over to, um, I guess, Submariner, and he was doing She-Hulk. He was doing all that stuff. And it was just like, yeah, it was just like, you know, just kind of fell out of love with Burn until he went on to Next Man. He did his own thing, and then I started enjoying his work more again. And what's funny is now that I'm older, <laughs> I appreciate his work more now. Yeah, you know, than uh, than I, than I did back then, and I appreciate the image guy stuff less. Well, it's funny because image was flashy, pizzazz. There was just mm -hmm. like they, you know, from the coloring styles to the way they drew women. I mean, Witchblade, uh, you didn't see that in Marvel and DC comics. The way that, I mean, it was just like. And then when Michael Turner came out with Fathom, it was just like, what the hell? I mean, Weapon Zero, I used to love. I have every issue of Weapon Zero. I don't know if you remember that comment. You know, there, was just, there was so many things that were coming out of there. But then what happened was, they, you know, the greed, the money takes over, right? The greed is so that now they started just putting out a lot of crap rather than mm -hmm. they started out with really good titles. Right, you know, you had Spawn, you had the Savage Dragon, you had Witchblade, you had, you know, I mean, Young was Young Blood, you know, so you had some good stuff, and then it just, all this stuff came out of nowhere. Well, the way I look at it is, they had great looking stuff. 
I enjoyed it for the fun. Um, right. like, I enjoyed it for the because it was different. And I mean, and 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 hats off to Todd McFarlane because he's the only one that stood consistent to one character, one universe, and he just ran with it while everybody else was trying to play in different sandboxes. Right. Um, Are you just gonna throw Eric Larson underneath the bus like that? He's still doing Savage Dragon. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. I, I mentioned Savage Dragon. <laughs> oh, <you did>, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, but Todd is Todd. I mean, he created an empire. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's go back to the little mouse that we're talking about. So, right. so, so, so with Oswald, the the craziest thing is, is that um, I started this story. Right, it was called the Park Avenue Mall one. That that's where it began, and then I wrote. I was looking to write a much bigger story, right? And it has something to do with this crazy concept that I had with this race of hamster people, because I'm fucking weird, uh, that live in uh, Central Park called Calcians, right? And they were at war with another race, and they were called Grogs, right? And I was like, okay, but how can I tell this story? And I was like, it was so, it was so big, I didn't even know how to handle it. So I was just like, okay, let me go back and I'll start at the genesis of the story and I'll write a story that'll lead into the bigger story. Okay, fine. I says, now how am I going to tell this story from what perspective? Right. And I said, oh, okay, I already wrote Oswald. He's a scribe and he, he likes to write down stories. So this will be his story. He'll, he'll write this story for these guys. He'll meet them. They come on his mall. And this was actually the, the last, uh, the Kickstarter before this one. No, it was a couple of Kickstarters before. So you, you lose track. Um, it was, uh, we were just passing through and they, they, they come on the mall and he meets them and whole, you know, whole craziness happens. But what, what occurs is they teach him magic, right? Now, while I'm writing this stuff, I'm just writing. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, um, I write by the seat of my pants. I don't, I don't plot these things out. I had, I knew the ending, right? But the stuff in the middle that grows, I try to let that grow out organically, right? So. I was like, oh, okay, so now Oswald knows magic. All right, cool. Then I did a story called The Bottle Imp, right? And um, I'm forgetting the author's name, but it's a very famous author. Uh, but he had written a story, The Bottle Imp. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do my, my take on that where I have The Bottle Imp. And Oswald does this whole crazy story with that. Okay, and then he Oswald does some more magic. Then he encounters the, um, from the Kickstarter just happened, Dauphin. I wrote that story in prose. And then it just kept building up. It, and then Oswald became more and more involved with all of the stories. And then eventually these stories became about him. The, the a story occurred, uh, there was Park Avenue Moor War. Yeah, it came seeking me. And then um, there's like three or four other stories. And then I hit a story called I Was There and I Remember, right? Which is yet to be released. As, as a comic, it was already released as prose, but as a comic book, it, it's already done and it's coming somewhere down the road. Right. And um, in that story, Oswald goes into dream, right? And it's like its own reality, right? And he's there for like 80 years and he, he's, he becomes an emperor, he gets married, he has kids. Um, he ends up destroying his own empire, or at least he, think he, at least he thinks he does. Um, and then he eventually comes out of dream and he was asleep for two weeks, right? He was like, like a self-induced coma. And he, in that time, you know, he becomes this great powerful sorcerer, right? right. He, he, he gets all this, this knowledge. He was already becoming that, but by the time he comes out, so it's the difference between, you know, like a 19 year old. And then when he comes out two weeks later, he's like a dude who's been at it for like a hundred years, Right. And he has all this experience and all this knowledge. And when he comes out, everybody's thinking like he's just the same person. Where like, no, he's he's grown. He's done a lot of things, and he he's he's been a lot of things. So right. it's like the character's grown. And then I have a few other stories, and then it rolls into all his third life. He ends up dying at some point, and then he comes back to life, and then he uh yeah, and then he fulfills his destiny. That's that's the the third arc. I haven't even started working. Well, I I, I finished writing it. I haven't started. Uh, I have, I don't have any anything in the hands of any artists yet, but that's coming. Right. So, so, if I was a few inches taller, what was the influence for that? If I was a few inches taller, it's it's, it's the uh, the genesis of what he's a mouse, right? <laughs> and he's dealing with a troll who's fighting an ogre, right? So the troll is about a foot tall, 
And then the, the ogre is probably like two feet tall, you know, and he just wishes he was a little bit bigger so he could help out his friend. You know, wow. he, he wishes he could be, you know, because like, at that point, he's not a sorcerer at all. This story actually happens in between uh, passing queens and making homes and we were just passing through. So that would be the natural flow through. So th this happens right in between those, those two stories. And he doesn't know. He, he, does, he doesn't have any magic. So the only thing he can do is just what he does physically. You know, he's right. just a mouse. He just wishes he was a few inches tall. Right. Interesting. So for a guy who's a big, avid comic book reader in a lot of different um, genres, how did you end up creating this fantasy mouse series? Um. Out of all the things that you could have picked, you know, considering what you, you know, you're, you're well-read, you're, well, you're extremely knowledgeable on the, the, the whole Marvel Dees, the big two and comic right. book in general, how did you end up with the mouse? Because I wanted to do something a little different. And, and in the end, I just think I have a thing for mice. Because if you um, go back, right, to my, what I originally done was Golden Realm Limited. There were four titles that came out. Tall Tales was one of them, which I'm still writing, right? Um, there's uh, Dreamweavers, right? Which I'm hopefully, uh, well, I'll be bringing back in the next year or two. There's Reaver, right? And Dreamweavers and Reaver are both basically superhero stories. Reaver falls along the lines of horror, mm -hmm. right? I was mixing horror and superheroes. Uh, Dreamweavers, same thing. And it, it was a secret furry. There you go. Um, and uh, and the reason is, and it's funny because in Dreamweavers, it's um, what I do is I do have the like furry like characters, but what it is is these kids they play a role playing game, and when they go to sleep, their role playing game characters come to life, and they're like this big bad. There's a mouse character, there's a big werewolf character, huge armadillo character. So it, it's it, it's this thing, whereas I created those characters so that people can project themselves on those characters, right? Because, uh, you know, myself growing up, I'm Hispanic, you're Hispanic, we're Puerto Rican, we're from New York, right? When we grew up, we didn't, like, reading, like, I love Captain America, I love Thor, right? But that doesn't represent me, right? But a character like Oswald, right, I feel anyone can project themselves on that. And it was the same thing with the Dreamweaver characters. Right. You can project yourself. It's the same thing with Tall Tales. You understand? He says, you know, these characters, we all know, we all know and love, like, Mickey Mouse and, uh, you know, uh, Tony the Tiger and characters of that of that nature, where we project ourselves on those characters, you know. Yeah. So that's why I didn't choose. That's why I chose not to just use humans. You know, I want to do something different so people can project themselves on, you know, on that. Um, but early on, I was doing superhero comics. I did something called Security Agenda. I was amped up to do something called American Justice. There was another one called Starpoint. I was going to do all this stuff, but you know, things didn't work out. Right. Interesting. It's fascinating. I mean, you think about it. I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> what interests us from a, I guess, a collector, a reader's perspective and what interests us from a creative can be two different things. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's funny how that worked out. So let's just pull up this campaign. Let's see what we're working with. So here's the Osborne Chronicles. What is what can people expect from this story? Okay, so again, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on this one right here. This is uh, right. if I was a few inches taller. So, yeah. uh, Oswald has a neighbor, his name is Ordith, right? And he's a troll, and he finds that his friend Ordith he's looking around on the mall and, and some things are out of place, and he's like, What's going on? And he tries to find Ordith, and he finds Ordith running from this ogre, right? And it's basically the story of, of what happened between Ordith and his, and, and his name is Torakin, and that's the uh, ogre. And what happened between the two of them that caused, that's created this animosity that makes them fight all the time. Torakin doesn't live there, but he comes back like every year or two. Right. To, or he finds Ordith every year or so. Wherever he goes, he finds him and he harasses him. He tries to kill him. He's trying to eat him, <laughs> you know? Uh, that's one of the things in this universe. Uh, what I do is uh, ogres, when they eat someone, uh, right. they, they consume not just the body, but also the soul. So it's terrifying. Oh. For, so it's terrifying if, if you're going to get eaten by an ogre. It's it's a bad deal. 
you know. Um, trolls are a little somebody with jalapenos. <laughs> uh, trolls are a little different. If they kill you, they absorb a small portion of your soul, right? Both of them goes to the history, which I never really explained of, of what it is, is uh, when trolls... Now, here's the thing. Neither one of those two races, there's not a female or male. Okay? They can identify as either. So you can have trolls that dress like females, mm -hmm. and you, you have trolls that dress like males. Most of them do dress like males, but not all of them. Same thing with ogres. Um, they procreate by... Um... <laughs> there you go. Faye, what's I that? agree. So... Uh, they procreate uh, uh, trolls. They uh, they have these these huge pools they go into, and they dissolve their bodies into it, and all of the souls that they've absorbed comes out as babies. So they end up with like hundreds and hundreds, depending on how many people you've they've killed, how many things they've killed and consumed. That's how many new trolls will come out. So that that's how they grow. Ogres they bury themselves in the earth. And they do, it's a similar process with them. All the uh, souls that they've consumed come out and those become new ogres. All right. I'm going to stop you right there because this is me with my creative head thinking. So now mm -hmm. they've taken a soul of, uh, of let's say, uh, a, a soul of a character that was honorable and, and, and righteous and all this stuff, whatever. They, and then they, they, they poop out. And they come out as trolls. Is there at any point any one of them having an identity crisis because they're having flashbacks to their previous life? Does that ever come into play at all? Uh, to be honest, it'd be interesting. It would be something interesting to, um, you know, to, to pursue. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm just like, hmm. But that, but that's. It, you know, it's funny. Like this is the this is like deep history backstory. Right. You know what I said like this is like like the stuff that's there. Right, but it doesn't really affect the story. Right, you know what I mean. So yeah. th there's a story that I've written that comes later on where I show a little bit more of this. Right. So, you know, but this is just like the his. This is world building, right? right? It's the sort of thing like you know, I tell everybody don't focus too much on it because you you want to tell the main story. You don't want to focus on that stuff too much. Right. But yeah, if, if that would yeah that would definitely make you know uh, for an interesting story. As to me, you know, would they? I don't think it would be so much because what it is that soul doesn't come out whole cloth like it's it, you come back reborn, right? right. So you kind of like blank slate, but that troll or that ogre just might be a better person, right? There could be a conflict of interest right. because mm -hmm. of the previous life, and now you're born into this world where you have to be vicious and maniac, whatever, and what that you're having this like wait, but I don't want to. You know what I'm saying? That was the first thing that came in my mind when you when you were talking about that. I was like, I wonder if that's possible, even if it was like an important character to Oswald that got killed and whatever, and next you know, new life. Whatever. I don't know. It's just me talking about this. No, no, but, it, 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 you know, think about it in your world building. But, um, all right, so... <clears throat> okay, so, so, so how's Yes. So Oswald gets involved, and Ordith tells him the, the tale that, that, that happens. Right and like you know, you can see some some of the artwork by Arenio. Arenio Tillis is uh, an artist I've been working with for a couple of years now. I found him on DeviantArt, fantastic artist, and you know I love his little facial expressions on Oswald. They crack me up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but this is basically the beginning of the story. You see Ordith; he's trying to get into his house, you know, so uh, he um, he can just get away. And uh, Oswald's like, "Yo, what's going on?" And they end up hiding in his home. Uh, until Torakin goes away, and you know, Ordith tells him his tale, and this is a very old shot of the Bronx from like the seventies. You know, that's how long the two of them have been fighting. Yeah, I you remember. Know? I remember hanging out in those neighborhoods. Look just like that. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> People don't understand. It's like it was all those neighbors have been re gentrified. There's stuff there now, but man, back in the day, it looked, they were yeah. bombed out. Oh, it was crazy. And, and what's crazy is that, you know, when you're young and you, 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 you're just living your life, you know, yeah. and, uh, and and if you got chased or if things popped off, it was part of it. It came with the territory. That was the fun part. Yeah. And especially when you got back to your neighborhood, you laughed about it. It's like, oh, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we were all a little nuts back then. So. Yeah, it's beautifully rendered. I mean, he's done, I mean, even with the, um, you know, the, the shading and the lighting, beautifully rendered. 
and then all right, and then we're gonna move on to this story. Now, this this is uh the, the covers to the, my hundred artists project, right? Now, this is a little bit later on in Oswald's life. This stuff all happens in dream. And this is um there's another story called My Time with Clive. So this is the very beginning of that. So this story leads right into my time with Clive. And it shows the very beginning. And in this story, what we see is uh, Oswald, for the longest time, he didn't know where his power came from, right? right. Because the Calcians, they warned him. They said, listen, if you um, use magic, there's a cost, right? The one thing Oswald never faced was a cost. So he never knew. He, he doesn't, he doesn't, like, he would use magic, and it, stuff would just happen, right? So he never knew the cost. And in this story, he encounters and he, he finds out what that cost is and how serious it is. And it changes the way he does magic. So uh, later on, you'll see that he doesn't try to cast spells. What he does, if he's fight, is fighting against another magic, you know, sorcerer or whatever, he's deflecting magic. He's trying to capture it, to use it later. He's He's absorbing it. He's doing very, very different things to try not to use magic. And there's a reason for it. And this story explains that. So, right. And this I was... Like, I yeah, like this the color work by uh, Josefo. Yes. Josefo. Josefo. Uh -huh. Manatrova? Manatrova, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's funny. Like, I keep uh, Jade, right? Um but I, I've heard, I've, I've seen her speak in Spanish. I saw her interviews similar to this. <laughs> it, 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 it's her name is pronounced Hadi in hi, Spanish. Hi, hi, Hadi. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's funny. I was just like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, the J. Look, my name starts with J. You know. Yes. Right, and it's just like you know, I'm like, oh, Hadi. I'm like, why did I not figure that out? But you know, it's Jade in English. So. Yeah, it's like my grandmother when she says, uh, you know, she says, "Pina para con yelly." <laughs> yeah. there you go yes right and then this story is the second story there's a follow-up to that one and uh oswald uh ends up floating in the sea of stars and he finds an, uh, a nice sailor guy he ends up with these i love the little smiley face stars yeah. um but yeah this is where, where he just continues on that journey and like i said my goal is to work with a hundred different artists on I don't know if I'm going to do a hundred different stories, but it is to work with a hundred different artists in that series. Like I may have a story that I'm thinking about it where I may have just each artist just do one page, you know, so wow. I can cut down the amount of time. I, I don't want to spend like 19 years just uh, gathering a hundred artists. I mean, that rendition of Oswald's my favorite. Yeah, that was done by Jerome Jaquinto. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, Filipino artist. He, uh, he does a lot of stuff for... Um, Video games, nice. Yeah, you know, and then, like I said, there, there's a lot of stuff in there. If you're in the first, I only have I think a few left. So if you're in the first 45 uh, physical backers, right, you're gonna get some cool stuff. You're gonna get one of those things. That's um, coaster. That's a, a coaster. Right, you're gonna get this, which is a sheet. There's like four different nozzles on there. Ah, oh, sheet. Yeah, that's a sheet of uh, stickers. Nice. So you know, so you got one by Daphne, got one by Daphne, one by Jade, one by Arenio, and one by this other artist. I keep forgetting his name, but he's actually pretty. Good. Um, and then you're gonna get this thing, which is a little acrylic pin. Nice. So you know, so for the first 45 physical backers, I'll get that. So. Nice. And you know, I got T-shirts. I got pin. That that's uh like a cloisonne pin or a hard enamel pin available. Right. Those are available as add-ons. How well does your pins do at uh, conventions? Well, well, I haven't done one. Weren't you at EternalCon? Yeah, but we only took we only took trades and uh, like single issue comics that we were selling for a dollar. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh well, you got another backer. Nice, nice. nice. <laughs> Not, I mean, it's like it's like this goal is been killing me. I'm like, oh my goodness. You Normally, know, yeah, I know. Normally, yeah. you kill it and you get your goal, and then you can just ride the wave. Um, exactly. This this one for some reason, I I we, it's funny. We've gone through a lot of discussion as to why, like the the last 
Kickstarter I did did very well, almost double this number towards yeah. the uh, towards the end. Um, you know, there's still time, so I'm still looking to build on this. But yeah, I, I don't know what um, I have an idea, and we can discuss it off camera. But um, yeah, but I, well, I think like, uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I felt the pain um, with my uh, with um, uh, there's nearly my toilet issue too, where it took forever just to get funded. Um, 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 you know, we exceeded funded. We we reached the first stretch goal, but um, but we did we performed better on issue one um, than we did on issue two. It was issue one was quicker as far as the funding, and then you know, uh, but issue one would took I mean issue two took a long time, um, and it was I don't know if it was you know you know Daphne says the curse of issue two, um, mm -hmm. but uh, um, <laughs> it was just like what is going on here. Um, yeah, it was, uh, and that's why I decided I next to the Indiegogo because I was about to, I was going to launch Indiegogo right after the campaign ended. I was like, ah, I'm exhausted. I can't. I can't go through another trauma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, you can definitely you know, wear yourself out, man. I mean, definitely. Yeah. I mean, something I want to let everybody know is that this is for when we hit, and we're gonna hit it, a hundred backers. I'm doing two things. One, I got a metal trading card for everybody. The backs physically, and for everyone digital, I'm releasing issues one and well, it's going to be one and two, but it's it's my first day, which a lot of people already have, right? But it's in black and white. This is going to be in color, and I'm releasing the first issue, which is technically the second issue, but it's a uh, passing queens and making home. Technically, also the first issue of that, which again a lot of people have, but in black and white. This is going to be in color, so it'll be a little different for everyone. So, nice. so, so there's 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 something for the physical, there's something for the um, for the uh, uh, digital, and right. uh, I guess Thursday I'm gonna be announcing the first stretch goal, so we'll see how that works. Out. All so right, cool. let me uh, let me play your your promo. Thank you, sir. Hello, my friends and fellow Oswaldians. This is JD Calderon, and today I bring not one, but two exciting stories in Oswald's life. To start, we have the first issue of If I Were a Few Inches Taller, illustrated by Arrhenio Tillis. In this adventure, Oswald's neighbor, Ordith, finds himself at war with a troll who wishes he him and Oswald's caught in the middle. What is a gentle mouse to do? The second book being offered is a book I've been thinking about for a long time and it's very near and dear to my heart. It's my 100 artist project where I will do my best to work with 100 different artists on various stories, all featuring Oswald as he begins his six year walkabout in Green, where he discovers the true cost of his power and how he reconciles with that cost. The first story in the series is illustrated by Jade Gonzalez and the second is illustrated by Donna younger all in full color so please check out the various rewards we have sketch covers pins prismatic foil covers t-shirts and all other kinds of goodies for you to enjoy along with various add-ons thank you all once again for your time jd out Feel like dancing to that beat. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's like my my like a like a, a very tribal beat. Um, so one thing I, did, I don't think I've ever asked you on any of the um, uh, the interviews we've had you on was the your, your thought process behind the font usage and the, the logo design. Okay, the logo design for the Oswald Chronicles. That is you can give all the credits for that to Daphne. That's all her. So she's the one that, that does that. Now, we've recently, we sometimes we use a blue logo. Sometimes we use like this red. We feel this red one with the, the red outline is just a little bit more striking to the eyes. You know, right. your eyes go to it a little bit better. Um, so, yeah, so that's that. Now, as far as fonts, you're talking about the interior of the book or you're talking about the logo. I'm talking about the logo. I mean, because you have a lot of choices. Um, you yeah. have, a, you know, a lot of people like to use um symbols and graphics with their logos they they come up with these ornate designs what was you know what was the 
how many versions did you land before you said this is the one? Ooh, because you know what it is? She came up with this one a long time ago, and we've just been using it ever since. And yeah, I, I couldn't even tell you because I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> He's like, damn, damn. <laughs> it's been a while since the 90s, literally. You asked me that back then. <laughs> you know, it was funny because I was thinking about it. I was looking, I was like, I wonder what, you know, because one of the fundamentals of this show was really about your process and, mm -hmm. and, and, and what got you from point A to point B. And so as I'm listening to you and, you know, you, you put a lot of thought and in consideration into your character development, your world building. And so it just piqued my, you know, I was like, wait, I don't think I've ever asked that. I mean, what was that process like as well? Because there are so many different fundamental aspects to creating a comic book, creating a universe, things that people might not even consider um, from a branding aspect, promotional aspect, you know, all those things, um, you know. And, you know, what are some of those things that you took into consideration when you were when you came up with the look of the character? Um, you know, what was, you know, did you know? what he looked like in your head and 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 how many renditions did you get from the audience before you said that's the look right that that's that's a good question because the thing it, it just goes down to my process right so with uh matthew who's a if you matthew or daphne and i just said i just i just said listen he's a mouse and he has a bow tie <laughs> that was it and they just drew a mouse and they put a bow tie out of it that was that was pretty much it the uh, his little pince-nezes, those little glasses, they came in later. Uh, his little vest, it also came in later. Uh, those came in with Jade because with her, I was like, okay, put a little vest on them and put put the little glasses on them. I thought they were they were cool. Right. Um, but yeah, that that's where those elements came in. Um, as far yeah, like I said, as far as the look goes, it's one of those things where I just like to. Okay, what happened there? Oh. <laughs> 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 Don't get scored. <laughs> um, what is it? So yeah, I just like to leave it to the artists. Like it just depends on their style and what they want to do, and you know, just a, just a look. It's just like I said, some people can draw them and draw them well. I I had a a, a pretty good artist um, who's worked at Marvel and DC draw them. It just it just looks terrible. That was that was my next question. You know, did you ever receive? Something from an artist, she's like, "This is just not Oswald. What the hell are you drawing, dude?" I, I got, I have, um, I have like a scrap file uh, <laughs> that I have to one day print, where it's just like I, I have to be like, these are all the ones that didn't make it, didn't make the cut. Damn, it hated it. Because you know, here's the thing: if I ask someone to do a, a pinup, a cover, or whatever, right? That's a uh, for me. That's an interview process to see whether or not I can have you do some pinups. Um, and then possibly some pages, right? You know, because that was a process I went through with Arenio. I said, okay, let's do this. Let's do a few pinups. Let's do a few things. Right. And then um, I was like, you want to do some pages? And we just uh, I had him do a very short story, like three pages. He killed that. And then I said, okay, let's let's do this. Um, the only thing with him is he likes his decompressed storytelling. He um, he's very much manga inspired, and it's just like I'm like, dude, you gotta like <laughs> compress that. <laughs> Compress that down, you know. So that we right. can't have like uh, what what should have been a thirty page story in sixty pages, you know. Nice, yeah. nice, yeah. yes, yeah. that's fantastic. Right. You ever run into somebody who just couldn't not? Um, but you said, all right, they 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 drew Oswald looks great, but they couldn't give you the page design that you wanted, if for pages, and you scrapped that as well. Um, I mean, I would imagine it's funny. I've never come across that particular problem. Uh, but I would imagine, yeah, if if if, uh, if that's an issue, yeah, I would definitely scrap because I'll know within one or two pages, and I'll be like, okay, we can this, <laughs> right? So we know this is going to be funded. Uh, yeah, you, you you have a successful track record on Kickstarter. Um, what's the next step after this? What's next after this campaign? Uh, man, it's just more campaigns. <laughs> How many more you have planned this year? I don't do it like that. You're talking Daphne numbers. The Daphne, <laughs> Daphne has a calendar that she actually uses, and right. she's a responsible business person. You know, I'm. This is how I work. So this one is gonna end, right? And from that moment that it gets cut off from Kickstarter, I'll add up my numbers, send the books to get printed, 
I will get um, the um, the books from the printer, and hopefully, I'll, and then within two weeks, you get paid from uh, Kickstarter, and then probably another week, sometimes two weeks to fulfill, right? Packing, shipping, right. signing, doing all that stuff, all that good stuff, sending everything out, uh, and then probably by the end of that process, brand new campaign. Right, that's you the know? way. I, so I'm I'm only doing one more this year. Um, then the mm -hmm. next one will be will kick off in January, but I'm doing one more in September. Um, and the landing page will go live the day that I ship the stuff out. Right. You know, so that's why I do it. It's like I'm shipping it out. Landing page goes out inside the package. Everybody would know that the landing page is up. Um, um, uh, but yes, I think I was going to do four this year. I don't have the energy because I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing uh, um, you know a lot of conventions um, this fall. So I was like, you know what? I just can't do the conventions and, and try to run a campaign simultaneously because it's just too much stress. And, and and what I learned at the at the at the cons, most people just want the book there. They don't want to sign up for a Kickstarter. Um, and when I was at the Dallas Fan Expo, that's what I ran into. It, you know, like, well, I'm you know, where's the next convention you're gonna be? I said, I'm gonna be, oh, I'll, I'll come and pick it up at that show. So I'm like, you know, so it's like, so people were waiting to get the physical instead of going. To, I don't know if they had bad experiences, but that was my experience there. Um, right. right. So you got that going. This ends. Um, you got 12 days left. 12 days. Yep. You got you got 12, days. 12 days left. And, um, you know, you're, you'll, you'll probably be funded by tonight. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, you, so your stretch goal, your first stretch goal, you know what that is? It's going to be a 3000 and then, um, yeah, it's gonna be a 3000, but I haven't decided exactly what it's going to be. Right. So I'm still, but I'm going to announce that on Thursday. But like I said, but for the first when we do hit a hundred backers, got a metal trading card, right? And like I said, the the PDF, everybody's gonna get a, a digital reward where it's gonna be those first two issues in full color. So that should be cool. All right. So now we're at that stage where I'm gonna give you the screen. Hold on. Okay. okay. Yeah. Huh? Uh oh. Yes, I'm gonna give you the screen and you're gonna give you an elevator pitch. You're gonna tell everybody. I don't have an elevator pitch for this. I don't give a damn. You're gonna do it and you're gonna like it. So <laughs> <laughs> you tell everybody why back Oswald Chronicles and uh, and how they can find you on social media. So go for it. Mm -hmm. How you doing, everybody? My name's JD Calderon, and this is for the Oswald Chronicles. If I was just a few inches taller, well, we see Oswald uh, talk to his friend. His friend is 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 Ordith. He's he's an, he's a troll, and he's having problems with an ogre, and they're just having a war. And Oswald's stuck in the middle with them. Just to show you some of the fantastic artwork in there, you know, with uh, Ordith and these characters fighting. Right that's a really good page. Yeah. But yeah, that that's the basic pitch for that one. And we also have this one, which is the Hundred Artists Project, where we have Oswald and he's in Dream, and he's discovering who he is. And there's some fantastic page. I don't want to show the whole thing because it'll give some stuff away. But yeah, but we can show this. And there's just some fantastic battles in there with him casting all kinds of crazy magic. I know that's a terrible elevator pitch, but I would tell you, go check it out. Go buy the books. You will not be disappointed. Um, and then also, here's, here's the other thing. I tell everybody, go to the oswaldchronicles.com. If you ever have any questions, any doubts in your mind, go to the oswaldchronicles.com and check out the stories there. I have them up online. There was originally web comics. They're up there for free. Go check them out and then go back to books. All right? Yeah, so so there you go. There you go. And where can people find you besides oswaldchronicles.com? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, DeviantArt, all under JD Calderon. And on just almost every Sunday on uh, YouTube, doing YouTube, doing my Indie Comics Explained, where sometimes Mr. Vera shows up. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love my presence felt. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And and people are not talking about pizza, but yeah. Right for hot dogs. Hot dogs. Yep. Once, once in a blue moon, Mr. George will show up. He's still on vacation. Yeah, he didn't want to come on because you were here. Oh, okay. <laughs> he didn't show up on the last one either. Uh, he was on with us the last time. No, he wasn't. He was on us the, the uh, two times ago. Oh really? Damn! Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man, I gotta catch up to George. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, I told him. I told him. I was gonna tell him. I was gonna tell you that he don't like you. Um, he's like, yo, okay. messed, messed, messed up. Yeah, he's traveling to Riviera. He's over there sipping wine, Greek olives. He's in Greece right now, bro. He's, nice. he's killing nice. big life. Two weeks. Two, Two weeks. weeks. Damn. Nice. Yeah. He started in I think London, and then mm -hmm. went 
for a wedding and then went to Greece for the second week. So one week in London, the other week in Greece. This guy's bowling. Bowling, bro. Let me love you, that loca. I know. Let me tell you, I, you know what? I, I don't think I'm back in any of his campaigns anymore. Right? No, I, mean, I think you that 5G's <laughs> and he flew away. <laughs> I got this. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yo, guys, check out uh, the Oswald Chronicles. The link's in the summary. It's also in the chat. So if you're in there, thank you. Um, it came from the radio. Um, Mark Torres, who also has a Kickstarter coming out very soon. Um, George is enjoying that duck money. Yes, I know he is. Um, and uh, so, uh, yeah, so, you know, Mark, you, you and your crew have to uh, get on Catch the Craze. Stop acting up. So, uh, yeah, so check out the Oswald Chronicles. It is a great story. Um, a lot of heart. Um, you know, and it's just carrying on the trend uh, tradition uh, of the previous mice that came before him. So, uh, with that said, if you like this episode, don't forget give us a thumbs up, subscribe, recommend it to a friend, like. If you want to be a guest on Cast the Craze, hit us up. Remember, if you have a Kickstarter 45 days out, you have to book in advance. Um, but everybody else, if you have a story to tell that's non Kickstarter related, we want to talk to you. You don't have to wait 45 days. Just hit us up and we'll get we'll get you popping. So with that said, I'm Sam the Crazy Man Vera. This is the Catch the Craze podcast. I will see you Thursday morning on the Morning Brew. And uh, we are out. No, I was talking about my friend Aquis. I met him. Say my name. Say my name. This is what you were thinking? Oh, Lord. He described me. He said, I'm the. What? You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. You are listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. Baby girl